Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The Holy Spirit said to Simeon, That's the one! That's the one. I think you you need to understand what happened. Watch this. Simeon didn't just go, wow, that's the one. I can die now. What did he do? He went and had a personal encounter. He introduced himself to Mary and took the baby Jesus. See, knowing about Jesus and having a personal encounter is a very different thing. We all have things we'd like to do. We dream or imagine what it would be like to finally reach that goal. Many times the actual experience is far different than our fantasies. The story of Simeon's experience of meeting the baby Jesus is an amazing one, of his faithfulness in believing the promise God made to him. Pastor Mark will be teaching from the book of Luke and explaining our necessity to move from theoretical to practical hands-on experience in regards to following Christ. Too often, we sit around and talk about or think about doing what God's called us to do instead of trusting Him and diving in and getting our hands dirty. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues his message, Encounters with God. Now, here's the issue. Everyone needs a Savior. I'm on the left. I want to get to where God is. So that's why Jesus came. So would you turn to the neighbor, one of the one that you think is okay? You can just turn to them and say, everyone needs a Savior. Would you do that? Just tell them right now. Now, now get your hand up. Get your finger up. Get your finger up. And just say this with me. I need a Savior. See, like, you're everyone. You're one of the ones. So I need a Savior. So why did Jesus come? Well, he came for you. And he came for me. Because everybody starts right there. Now, here's what happens. When man sees that, man wants to solve the problem himself. That's kind of the way we were made. Now, let me show you the next picture. Here it is. When man tries to solve his problem and to get to God... He uses lots of different mechanisms. One of them is called religion. Religion is simply man trying to reach up to a holy God. Impossible. And so we have other things. We have good works. We have philosophy. We have morality. I can tell you I've been doing this for many, many years. I've been a Christian 65 years. I can tell you this because it never really changes. Without a relationship with God... Life doesn't make sense. So that's why man is trying to make some kind of sense, some kind of peace, get rid of the guilt somehow. And the way they try to bridge that gap, the number one way, it's never changed, the number one way, and you're here tonight, you're trying it, 
is you think you can be good enough. I've talked to many people all those years. There's surveys done the whole world. It's no different than in the Bible time 2,000 years ago. You say to a person, well, when you die, how are you going to go to heaven? Why are you going to be there? Well, because I'm a good person. Compared to what? And so you begin to see, as you look at the Bible, none of those work. None of those bridge the gap. Because to be good enough, the standard for good enough is perfection. That takes care of all of us. There isn't one. Because we all start as sinners. So here's what the Bible teaches. This might be new to you tonight, but it's not new to the Scripture. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. And see, man can't solve that problem with religion or anything else. Now, let me show you what does solve our problem. It really isn't what, it's who. The shepherds heard the message. The Savior's coming to save people from their sins. Forgiveness. So here's, here's the, the solution. And the solution is right in the middle. And let's say his name together. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can bridge that gap. Notice the people over here, some have made a choice. I'm going to give you that choice tonight. It doesn't come by being good enough. By the way, how do you think people got over to the holy God over there? How did those three people get there? You know how they got there? They go to Calvary Chapel. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) I think not. Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church, good works, any doesn't get you there. There's only one way to get there. Jesus Christ. Now, notice what that does. It eliminates all of those things that were a trouble in our life. And look what it gives us. Total forgiveness. I have a freedom. What did we sing tonight? Joy. Joy, because I'm forgiven. Now I have purpose in my life. When you get up in the morning, you ought to have a reason for getting up in the morning. More than just our coffee. There has to be a reason for living life. And I I love doing life. When you discover... Your life is serving God in a million different ways. It just brings purpose and meaning to you. And then, of course, we get to go to heaven. Now, notice, if I don't solve that problem, notice here, death is crossed off. Well, everybody's going to die. What kind of death is it talking about here? You're going to die. I'm going to die. The death that's talking here is not physical death. It's spiritual death. It's eternal death. It means if you don't solve that gap, if you choose not to accept Jesus Christ, then when you do die physically, you will be separated from God forever. That is not God's wish. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to provide the solution to our sin problem. See, Christianity is not complicated, but we've made it so complicated. What you just saw in those three pictures is the very simple truth. Now, the shepherds, as the story continues, the angels tell them how to find Jesus. And they go and they find Jesus. And when they get to the manger, they have what we would call a personal encounter. So these shepherds will eventually go and meet Jesus personally. There's a personal encounter. Notice this statement. I think it's very important for all of us. Experiencing a personal encounter with God is very different than knowing about God. Lots of people say, well, I believe in God. That's good. That doesn't get you to heaven. 
You have to have a personal encounter, a personal relationship with God. Now, when these shepherds go, by the way, about uh, maybe up to a year later, uh, some of you have your nativity scenes w- with the wise men. Uh, they, they came about a year later, so just move them off into the dining room, and you can bring them out a little later as you get after Christmas, and it's okay. That's because Jesus was a boy, maybe one years old, and of course, what happened when they came, they gave them gifts and whatever, and then Herod went and tried to kill everybody two years and under. So that's why he, they, he was in a house, and he was a young man. What did they do when they came? Exactly the same thing. They bowed down and worshiped. They had an encounter with Jesus. Well, as you see that, it's important for you to understand through all of this, this encounter was, was so good. Now, watch what these shepherds do. They just didn't keep it to themselves. They began to go, and they began to tell everybody about their encounter. That's actually what we're doing here tonight. Many of you are Christians, Christ followers. Many of you are not. Why are we doing this service? We're doing the service to tell you that the solution to life is Jesus Christ. That's what brings joy and peace. It's not about a church. It's being told in all kinds of churches. See, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, the next thing that happens is this. Watch. Then the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. What a difference before and after. Fearful. Don't know anything about Jesus. Afterward, what are they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Here's what I want you to see. Notice this next statement. An encounter with God will change you and it will transform you. See, when you meet God and really begin a relationship with him, it will absolutely change you. Now, it doesn't change all of life. I'm 5'7 and shrinking. (laughs) You laugh more at that than anything else I've done tonight. What is up with that? When I got saved, I think I was 5'7 and a half. But that was many years ago. Now, what happens as you move through that? Well, I'm going to change. Salvation didn't change me physically, but it changed me spiritually. You see, when you have an encounter with God, it will transform you. You'll be absolutely a different people as the shepherds were, as the wise men were. Now, I want to show you tonight another encounter. One you is not as familiar as the shepherds. His name is Simeon. Now, when you look at Simeon, who is Simeon? Well, in Luke chapter 2, it tells us Simeon was just like you. And just like me, wasn't a religious person as far as a a Pharisee, Sadducee, those kind of things. He was just a a person that loved God. He had the Holy Spirit in him. And what we do know about Simeon was this. He was an older man, and he had waited his whole life for the promise of the Messiah. See, the Old Testament is filled with more than 300 predictions that Jesus Christ would come. So here he is. Simeon, eventually, the Holy Spirit came to Simeon, and and the Holy Spirit told Simeon this, Simeon, you will not die until you have an encounter with the Messiah. Wow. So day after day after day, he probably went over to the temple that you see behind him, because he figured, well, that's when where Jesus would be brought. And many times he'd get up in the morning and say, could this be the day that I encounter the Messiah? Then one day, the Bible tells us, 
it happened. Look at Luke. I have it for you. Luke 2, 27. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms, and he praised God. And you're going to see in a moment the, the song that he sang. You see, that day that Simeon saw the Messiah, well, there was a young man, poor, a young woman, poor, Mary and Joseph. It was about 40 to 50 days after Jesus had been born. And after Mary finished her, her purification time, they were bringing Jesus, about 40, 50 days old, to the temple to be dedicated, just as we dedicate children. On that day... The Holy Spirit said to Simeon, that's the one. That's the one. I think you, you need to understand what happened. Watch this. Simeon didn't just go, wow, that's the one. I can die now. What did he do? He went and had a personal encounter. He introduced himself to Mary and took the baby Jesus. See, knowing about Jesus and having a personal encounter is a very different thing. Now, when he's finished with that, the Bible says an amazing thing. He was ready to die because God had kept his promise. See, he believed in the Messiah. He was waiting for his salvation to come. I want you to read with me. Look at it. Look at the song that he wrote. He says this, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant, Simeon, let me die in peace. Let me just stop there and say this. One of the greatest benefits of a person that really knows Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is that when we die, we die in peace. See, I don't want to die, but I know heaven's better, and one day I will. It could be painful. It could be, well, I have no idea. God's in control of all that. But I do know this, that I'm not fearful about it. I have a peace because the moment I die, I know exactly where I'm going, absent from the body present with the Lord. See, that's why the unbeliever is afraid of death, but will not tell you. Because there, when you say to them, there's no world religion that has a guarantee like Christianity. None. The Muslim faith, that you ask the Muslim, where will you go? They have no idea whether they're good enough to get to heaven. I'm never good enough, but I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. Now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your, say it with me, your you're seeing your salvation, which you prepared for how many? All people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Now, this is amazing because Simeon knew that the source of salvation was Jesus. You see, I want you to turn to the neighbor on the other side, the one you didn't care too much for, and I want you to say this. Everyone needs a Savior. Would you do that right now? Just turn to them and say that. That's exactly right. Now get your finger out, get your finger out. Come on, come on, everybody. I need a Savior. That's exactly what the Bible says. And that's exactly what, you know, it's amazing. Because Simeon's Jewish, and his song includes Gentiles. There's like 99% of Gentiles in the world and 1% or 2% Jews. That includes you and me. Way back then, that would have been news to Simeon. But you and I are included. 
because Jesus Christ came for the whole world. So in our day and age, we're supposed to be tolerant, and we should be with our Christianity. In our day and age, lots of people say there's no such thing as absolute truth. That's foolish. Let me show you a statement that is hard for you maybe to understand. Here it is. The Bible tells us there is salvation in Jesus and him alone. There's no other way to get to heaven, to get forgiveness, but Jesus Christ. God designed that from the beginning of time. And Peter was sharing this with very religious people one day. And he was talking about Jesus and he said this, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by where we must be saved. So the salvation comes simply from Jesus Christ alone. He said, Pastor Mark, that's narrow. To be honest, truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. Go for it. It's narrow. It's narrow, but it's true. Now, we're going to do something. We're going to fast forward 30 years. Now, those of you who get older know that time goes like that, doesn't it? Come on, be honest with you. Just raise your hand if you, if you can raise it. That's, that's right. That's good. And we're going to see another man. He walks just as stiff as Simeon. Take a look. His name, what do you think? It's Nicodemus. Here he comes. Now, who is Nicodemus? Well, you're going to see in our story this third encounter. He, he's, he's, a, he's a very religious man. He's a Pharisee. He, he loves rules and regulations and rituals. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. Let me read you the story, John chapter 3. He's going to have an encounter as an adult with Jesus, who's an adult now. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, this is shocking because the Pharisees were intensely jealous of Jesus because he undermined their authority and he challenged their views. But Nicodemus came to have a personal encounter with Jesus because he was impressed with his teachings and he couldn't deny the miracles that Jesus did. And the Jewish religion saw none of that before. Now, he came at night because he was no doubt afraid of his other Pharisee friends. And because he came at night, we call this story Nick at Night. <laughs> come on, come on. I got two more to go. Come on. It's okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would this very religious man come to Jesus? Because he was empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. See, Watch this. All his life, all his life, he tried, he tried, he tried to be good enough. His whole life. But he knew he wasn't. So secretly, he came to Jesus. And basically, what he, he didn't say this, but that Jesus knew this. His religion left him empty. He had no purpose. And he had no peace. He longed for something more, but he didn't know what that was. In this encounter, 
is something I'm praying that you will discover tonight. Those of you that don't have a relationship with God. Nicodemus will discover the difference between knowing about God, religion, and having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You see, life never makes sense. So we're always in the search mode. And you might say, well, I'm not going to tell you I'm in the search mode. Oh, you're in the search mode. The day you were born, you were on a quest. It's never stopped. God designed us to know him. Now, he starts with all these accolades to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't go, thank you very much. Could you give me some more things? I really like that kind of talk, would you? Not at all. Look how Jesus responds. Look at verse 3. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you're never going to heaven. Unless you're born again, you'll never be right with God. Well, Nicodemus didn't understand that at all. How did Jesus know this? Well, he looked into his heart. He knew exactly what the problem was. See, born again means born from above or born of the Spirit. And he says to Nicodemus, I know what you want. Every person wants that. They want to know, they want to have peace and joy here and purpose. And when they die, they want to know exactly where they're going. And then let me tell you, I'll read it for you. Here's what Nicodemus replied. What do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So Nicodemus is confused because he's only thinking of the physical. Jesus is speaking of the spiritual. He's not at all speaking about any rebirth that is, that is physical, impossible. Here's how Jesus explained it. Listen. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water. When you're born, your mother's water breaks. And of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to the spiritual life. Now watch what he says again. Many of you are surprised tonight. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. This is not a church talking. This is not a religion talking. This isn't a man talking. This is Jesus talking. Now notice, Jesus suddenly said, you know, Nick, you, you might want to consider being born again. No, he says you must. It's an absolute necessity. Now, what's the difference? How many of you were born? Some of you are really asleep. You could... How many of you are born? Come on now. Okay, okay. How were you born? You're born physically. Now, let me remind you. Let's see if you remember 10 minutes ago. When you were born, what kind of a nature did you have? A sin nature, which did what to you and God? It separates. It's often frightening to hear God speak to us, telling us something we need to do or someone we need to speak to. Pastor Mark has been encouraging us from the scriptures that we won't find fulfillment in our lives until we're obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We pray that this message has been an encouragement to you to go forth and obey God in the power of His Spirit. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. 
In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next installment of this message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach from the book of Luke, where we'll continue to hear about Jesus' conversation with the Pharisee Nicodemus. Pastor Mark will be sharing Jesus' explanation of the necessity of the second birth, why it's so important to move from death to life through the redemptive act that Jesus performed on our behalf. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and Merry Christmas. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.